0: share some things that may be disturbing to some but hopefully open the door to a blessing that can never be robbed from you no matter what i want to talk about what it's like to be in a place where you feel that you could die at any time that's what my myalgic encephalomyelitis often called chronic fatigue syndrome has come to many mornings i wake up feeling too tired to take another breath My chest discomfort is enough to make me get out of bed just to ease the pressure. During many days, it's a struggle to breathe without feeling like this is it. On the worst days, you feel congested, weak, and standing up causes a fainting feeling. There's no cure, and doctors don't know how to alleviate symptoms. You try to have a conversation about when to call 911, when to go to the ER, or make an appointment because you feel like you're dying. Doctors often say that if a patient in the ER says they feel like they're dying, they often do. Today we're going to talk about getting past the emotion and the thoughts of despair from my own personal experience. God could easily turn around every trial, calm every storm, and save us from every heartache. But today we're going to hear the heart of what it's like to face some of life's worst and also find out why God has allowed America to become broken. It's time to stop fighting it and start embracing his presence and purpose in the storm. I've read where people are discouraged that some of their favorite social activities, festivals, concerts, and sporting events have been canceled. I understand, but consider what you would think and feel if your day was about planning just when or if you should take a shower because that's all you have the energy to do. If you overdo it and run the snowblower down the driveway a couple times... You could crash out for a couple days. Worse crashes may take several days or weeks to recover from. You won't hunt anymore, even though I still dream about it like I did last night. You can't take your grandchildren camping again. You'll never go shopping with your family when they come to visit. Never go to another ball game, and going to a restaurant takes some serious thought. You know you'll have to leave early. Now, many, many people are here. And many have it much worse. Many struggle. I know. But I've learned that my relationship with God makes all the difference. It's no longer a religion or even church attendance. Sometimes I feel like someone planning for the most incredible vacation that they've ever had. It's just that when they go, they're never coming back. I already miss my family some days, but I don't wallow in emotional pain or fear. I've come to terms with the attitude that God has actually wanted me to have all my life. It's a life lived for the great joy and purpose of enjoying the presence and the glory of God. It's considering and living in the hope that is faith's very substance. It's experiencing the evidence of what is yet not seen. The journey has looked like this. I began about two years ago to seek the Lord for me instead of everyone I was ministering to. I grew closer. I struggled with all of the regrets and sins that encumbered my life, those things that didn't really fester until I began realizing the fear of the Lord in the face of possible death. Have I forgiven everyone who's hurt me? Have I made restitution for things I've done? How could I go on with the regret for the things that I hadn't done but should have, yet now it was too late? In other words, my life journey began with applying the knowledge of salvation to every area where the devil has or could mess with me. God had reduced me to a place where all I could do was seek Him. I was, and still am, so physically hemmed in that the only place I can go is up or down. What was life after death like? I had spoken with or read about many people who have died and come back, some from hell, but most from heaven. I began to embrace the reality of eternity like it was in the next room. Recently, I learned again that heaven or hell can literally be only seconds away from anyone. It has been through the patient grace of God that I realized, like never before, the joys that await on the other side. We have not been born to live in this world forever. We were created for an eternal life filled with and surrounded by the glory of God. As I came to the place for surrender to the possibility of the will of God to take me home at any moment, something strange happened. Some might call it 2020. But for me, just as we were hearing about the COVID virus, God visited me. He was calling me to prepare for something, and this call was accompanied by the now unmistakable presence of his anointing on my life. Mingled with this was a deep sense of the urgency of the situation America was going to face. Big trouble was coming in the form of at least two storms. As I sought him, I began to develop his message for what's happening that continues to this day, and the message was not what most of the so-called prophets were saying. By Christmas, God's glory began to visit in a consistent way that became my strength. Since then, I have been preoccupied with His glory like I never have before. I realized by the Spirit that this glory lies at the heart of who we were created to be, what we were created to have, and also what we are measured by. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yet we are called through salvation to be restored to His glory, where that is the center of our lives. Isaiah says that we have been created for God's glory. The American church has lost that, almost completely. When the Capitol was overrun on January 6th, I had an encounter with the presence of God that was deeper and more intense than I had ever experienced before. In it, I begin to understand what God was doing in 2020, the year of choice, and 2021, the year of consequence. He is bringing America to its knees. While Christians begin storming heaven with the request to have Donald Trump reelected, and when they then begin to cry out for an exposure of government corruption, they fail to stop and admit the truth. God has allowed this, and we had better find out what he is doing, and why. Just like my own sickness, he allowed it. The trial is never about the trial. We have yet to start really cooperating with what the Holy Spirit is doing in America. Jesus did not die on the cross to start a democracy. He died for a deliverance of the souls of men. It has been this journey in learning how to stand how to overcome, and how to rejoice in the face of death that I have learned how to share what God is doing to a nation. As I have been reduced to the place of seeking God as my only source of life, joy, and future hope, so is God bringing this nation to a place where men will have no other option but to either seek God or hate Him. Life Journeys was started as a podcast to help deal with the pain of life and understand what God is up to, when we encounter it. In the next episode of this series, I'm going to share with you the simple historical record about how God's glory showed up at the most critical times in Israel's past, from leaving Egypt to their seeing the birth of the Messiah. How men relate to and respond to God's glory in the earth determines how their future will unfold. Glory led Israel And it also called them to account. When men disregarded his glory, they paid the ultimate price. Before my friend K.K. John died, he told me that he was praying for me one day and said God told him that he was setting me apart. That setting apart means a separation from this world and a drawing near to God. It includes a cleansing as well as the intended result of walking in his glory. I now know that this is God's intention for this nation, and especially for the American church. He intends to use those who will respond to His will and begin to earnestly seek His glory like a dying man seeks for hope. Being brought to one's knees can be a very, very trying time. How long will this nation's darkness continue to deepen until we begin to seek God because we have no other options left? Then we will see his glory and that is a very, very good thing. When God allows all of the things we've relied on to disappear and all we have left is God, this is intended to be an incredibly good thing. When a man gets to the place where earthly loss becomes his joy instead of his fear, and when he has found a strength that nothing can take from him, he has understood Paul's words, all things that were a gain to me, I count it as loss for Christ, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ.